Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 134. As Ashton bows out, Cipriani steps in, and it turns out Falau was once an advocate for inclusion in sport. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we are coming to you a little bit earlier this week. We're, we're, we're a bit more on the ball, which is, uh, which is great for us. Hopefully that's good for you guys too. Um, and uh, plenty more to talk about today. Joined, of course, by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, buddy. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's all starting to gear up now, isn't it? It's all starting to feel like the World Cup is around the corner. I love a World Cup year. So there's, I mean, this is rugby off season. This is sort of rugby barren land, but there's a lot still going on. There's still a lot to go through, a lot to chat. And uh, obviously the World Cup plays a big part of that. And I'm, uh, I, I love it because for more rugby, the better. Absolutely. Well, before we get uh, stuck into all the rugby chat, we've got um, some uh, some thank yous to make. We've got, had some more reviews. We haven't had any for a while, but uh, we had a little spike in listeners last week, um, which is great. You know, we really appreciate that. And it means that you guys are obviously spreading the word. Um, but it's also given us a little boost in the old iTunes rankings, which is always good too. So we want to keep that going. Um, so yeah, guys, if you like what you're listening to, get over to iTunes, rate us, review us and keep spreading the word because uh, we really appreciate that. We really do. Um, so who have we heard from this week? So um, Mr. Perrin in Ireland Sure. Given us five stars. He said, hi, this is Mr. Sam Perrin. I listen to your podcast every week and I have to say I love it. Can't wait for England to win the World Cup. Jack Knoll or Tom Curry are probably my favourite players. Who do you think would win Saracens versus Crusaders at this moment? Keep up the great work. Uh, well, Sam, thanks very much. Uh, awesome. And yes, yes, brother. We, England are going to win the World Cup. Great thinking. And um, obviously Saracens would win. I'm going Saracens. I, th- I think Saracens would win. I Crusaders are awesome, and they're like they're attacking players. Great. I I think Saracens defensively and the power up front. Yeah. I I just I think Crusaders would struggle. I actually think Saracens might win that fairly comfortably. Interesting. It would be my thoughts. Well, uh, Sam, let us know what you think. What, what do you reckon, Akers? Oh, I agree with you. I think Saracens have the more complete game, and I think currently, uh, you know, in terms of club sides. You'd, you're struggling to find someone who's going to topple them. Um, they've just looked, they've just looked too good. You know, even when they've been not so good, they've still looked that good. You've got that ability to to do what needs to be done when things are not going to plan, and when things do go to plan, get out of the way. Do you know what I mean? That's it's a hell of an interesting match that would be, though, wouldn't it? I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next one is. An old favourite, Mr. Ackford. Wade Ackford is back. Wade, me old boy. How are we doing? He's, uh, he's retained. We've retained our five stars, which is always nice. He says, oh. uh, guys, hope you're well. Uncle. Well, so first of all, he calls the, the, um, the post the mad uncle in the attic. And he says, <laughs> guys, hope you're well. Uncle Eddie is back to his old tricks and not taking his medication. No care. No Rob Shaw. Um, Madness. My guess he'll not pick Goud or Sippers for the final squad when announced. Why don't we go to Japan having chopped one of our arms off as well? Selection. Take the best players available so he fails on that count. In a World Cup, you need caps and big game experience above everything else. 
Another Boris Johnson type shambles on this score. The man's a loon. Best Wade. Um, so I I quite like Wade's things because Wade is the is the I, I I can't even think of something but I was going to say here. So I don't know the yin to our yang. So we're <laughs> overly positive. I think Wade clearly a massive England fan, overly negative. The um, shade to our rose tinted glasses. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the yeah. He's he's yes. Well played, well played. Um, he so I I kind of agree with. I get what you're saying. And to me, Rob Shaw would be ahead of a cup players and Danny Kerr might be. But I don't think they're criminal leave out. So the other scrum halves, I think, are great. Ben Young's, to me, is still number one. Dan Robson, I think, is great. It, I mean, we mentioned this last week. Ben Spencer playing well. I'd still have care. Rob Shaw, I'd have ahead of Shields. But actually, there's other players I'd have ahead of Rob Shaw, like Don Armand, for example. Well, I, but let's also not forget that, that one... Um... We're talking currently about the training squad. But next week, hopefully, because I suspect that the the remainder of the training squad will be announced at the end of this week. And obviously, we've come we're coming to a, to you guys a, a little bit earlier than usual. Um, but when the thirty one gets picked from that training squad, I think we're going to struggle to find a place for Rob Shaw anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll we'll cover that when we go through what we what we're predicting for the thirty one. But I think when we look at the the names on the team sheet and who we suspect the 31 will be. I don't think we're going to be there going, oh, you see now, this is where Rob Shaw probably should have slotted in. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, he's, and I think, you know, madness, my guess, will not pick good or sippers quite possibly, but you know, that's, let, let's, let's see what happens. Let's wait until the squad's announced. Let's see if. And, and there's something I, which I'll bring up later on around that issue as well. Mm. Interesting. Right. Well, well, a teaser. Exactly. A little teaser. That's what we like at the, the beginning of the episode. Keep people listening, Dan. Good marketing. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have from Harley Quinn. Now, uh, give you one guess as to who he supports. Um, this is Tommy. He says, the best. Five stars. Quite simply, the best rugby podcast ever. Yours sincerely, Tommy. Tommy, legend, thank you so much. I'm not sure I believe you, Tommy, but uh, we definitely appreciate that. Well, I, I believe you, Tommy. I believe you. Thousands Thanks, wouldn't, but um, but there's clearly a good group of you that do. So uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, as I said before. And yeah, Tommy, nice words, Love, loving that feedback. Uh, so yeah, guys, get your get your reviews in, um, good or bad. We will read them out. Can't promise to be um, happy about the bad ones, but you know we'll read them out and you know debate whatever it is you have to say. So um, keep that coming. Uh, right. Last thing before we move on, I had a tweet. That, Dan, this is really for you. Uh, Joe Reed. Um, Joe, how are we doing, To the last episode. He asks, first of all, that he says, thoughts on Ashton, which we'll come on to now. Um, but he also says, I'd also like to express my disappointment in Dan. Now, obviously, this confused Uh-oh. me. So I said to him, disappointment in Dan? There are so many things this could relate to. Which one are you referring to? <laughs> um, and, of course, it was the Love Island. He says, too many fallen comrades, late, comrades lately. No. Joe, I'm so sorry. I, I promise, I promise I fought it. I promise I did not want to like it. <laughs> it's everything I hate in TV. And now and everything you love. In it. Oh. Guilty pleasures, mate. That's why everyone's loving it, because it is the it guilty, pleasure. guilty pleasure. Because, I still fight to hate but, it. But because everybody has it as a guilty pleasure, it's almost become it's become okay to like it. But Joe, I owe you an apology. Yes, sir. I am I am sorry for that. Um but turning but I, to his his question of Ashton, 
Okay, well, we're done on Love Island then. Why we're done on Love Island. This is not the Love Island po- podcast. I'm sure there is one. I'm sure there's plenty. But this one is the England Rugby pod, Dan. Yes, it is. So, yeah, Ashton's obviously announced that he's pulled out of the uh, out of contention for the World Cup. Um, family commitments. His wife, I believe, is pregnant. And uh, I don't know the dates and things, but I'm assuming that they were going to coincide and they've decided that you know, he needs to be around, which is absolutely fair enough. Um, you know, it's going to be a shame for him from a from a World Cup point of view, but I'm sure he doesn't see it. I'm sure he, he sees what he's getting as um, being bigger and more important than than a World Cup. Even I find it a bit strange that that it's only now that he's announced this. It's a yeah, I find so obviously his wife's pregnant and he's pulled out. <laughs> let, let me well, rephrase or, or, or that. Or he hasn't. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point, Dan. He hasn't pulled out. His wife's pregnant and he's withdrawn from the England rugby squad. I literally couldn't have worded that word. Um, But it's... Mate, I'm with you. And despite what some people... Like, despite what I believe, um, and rightly so, some people think there are things more important than rugby. And there's no part of me that in any way is... Like, I fully... Obviously, I say I fully respect Ashton's decision. Who he doesn't give a shit whether I respect it or not. But I completely get that. Like you know, families first. And Andy, in fairness to you, like you and I used to believe rugby was most important. The way I've heard you speak recently, there's times where I think you put your wife above rugby, which mm-hmm. is pr- pretty poor. But you know, I'll, I'll let you off. I mean, that's because she started listening to the rugby pod. Ah, nice, nice, very smart. Um, but, but don't tell her I said so. No, 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 I won't, I won't, I won't. We'll, we'll keep it between us. Um, I, I, I agree. Is there more to this? That's what. That's well, something I wanted to ask. So you're right. It does seem, I mean, we have no idea what's going on. And there's no part of me that is in any way criticising this decision from Ashton. Like, it, you know, no, absolutely, no, I, it was right for yeah, you. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's, I guess, you know, may, maybe they've been debating it for a while you know maybe at the beginning mm. she they, they worked out the dates and and they she was like it's a world cup you've got to do it this is what it's all about um but as times progress you know there might have been complications uh, you know they've made the decision that that he needs to be there to support her and and so the decision has been made but um yeah it's, i guess it, it's I mean, <laughs> my question for you therefore is if it wasn't Chris Ashton in this situation. If it was Elliot Daly or hmm. Johnny May, would we would we feel be quite so supportive of the decision? Uh, of course, we would. In like, it's not that we're not supportive of the decision. We're, we're fully, um, it, and it's, it doesn't matter whether we're supporting them or not. But it's, um, I think, we'd be more upset by the decision purely because. We love them as rugby players. And I love how Chris Ashton as a rugby player. And Chris Ashton, I think, is a loss. I think he's an amazing player. The the only thing is, with what's going on, and whether this was part of his decision-making process, I don't know. But with what's going on, with the players available, do you reckon there was any part of him that thought, there's a good chance that actually maybe I'm not on that plane? So now's maybe the right, you know, either support her fully or, or not. Or well, do you think... I mean, you got you've got May, May Daly, Noel, Cochrane, Seager, Watson, who probably all get on the plane before Ashton. Yeah, maybe he's number six. If there was another space for a back three, yeah, player, maybe I'm trying to think who who might get the call well, up ahead of him. I I wonder I wonder whether Eddie's got Mike Brown ahead of him. Possibly, 
as, as a sort of you know, or actually, and in fact, we don't know yet what's happening with uh, with Alex Good. You know, if if Alex Good is in contention, I personally, I put him ahead. You know, put him in that mix as well ahead of uh, Ashton. So yeah, possibly he was thinking to himself, look, there's a good chance I'm going to pull out of this, and it's not looking that likely that I'm going to get the call up anyway. Maybe Eddie's even kind of maybe Eddie even went to him and just said, look. I know your situation. We don't know how much they communicate, so maybe Eddie's like, "I know your situation." To be honest, mate, yeah. you know, I'm not convinced that you're going to get the call. Your wife's pregnant. Do you want to just bow out now and and kind of control the narrative? Uh, that, that's yeah. I I think I I think that's a possibility, probably on a slightly lesser scale than that but i think that's obviously probably a, a possibility it's it's an interesting one because in my head i'm thinking oh there might be a bit more to it and and look, that, that doesn't change anything chris Ashton, you're so legend of a player it doesn't change a thing and we wish you wish you and your family all the best obviously but it does seem that there might be more to the story if the more to the story is a personal thing, then absolutely none of our business and we can leave it alone. If it's a rugby thing, I'd be really intrigued to know what that is. And whether you say, whether it might be a Eddie thing, Eddie saying, look, Chris, at the moment, I can't see a scenario, assuming everything goes for me, I can't see a scenario where you will be involved, in which case it might be, or whether Eddie would have said that so early, I doubt, but whether that's the sort of vibes or, or whether... It's just something Chris Ashton might just think with that going on, you know, obviously, because, uh, you know, this is family. It's the most important thing. He might think, could I give 100% to this training squad? Could I give 100% to this World Cup? And maybe Chris Ashton's actually done a really noble thing here and thought, do you know what? The boys don't deserve me here if I don't, if I can't give 100%. Yeah, maybe he said, you know, dates-wise, it's it, it could happen during the World Cup or it could happen after. If it happens during, I'm, I'm out. And, it, and, yeah. you know, and they made the decision between them that, you know, it was all or nothing, um, and there's a lot. I mean, there's lots of possibilities as to what what the, you know what resulted, what caused this to to happen. Bottom line is, uh, Chris Ashton is no longer in contention. Uh, from an England point of view, uh, it's always a shame, you know, because he's he's definitely there or thereabouts. But I personally don't think that he's was going to be on the plane um, unless unless there are any. Injuries, perhaps the Jack Noel thing, where it was kind of a bit of an unknown. Will he? Will he be fit? Won't he be fit? Maybe there was more of a chance then when it was confirmed. Well, not going to confirm, but you know, suggested that actually he's going to be fine. That kind of put the nail in the coffin. Who knows? It's a conundrum, Dan. Um, it I'm, might... I'm similar to uh, I, I'm I'm similar to Sam who, who we got messed from earlier. As in, Jack Noel's one of my favourite players. It would take a hell of a lot for Jack Noel not to be on that plane, even if his even if he's going in onto a plane not 100% fit, if there's a chance that he's going to be 100% fit come knockout phases, then I think he's on the plane because Jack Noll to me is just unbelievable. Yeah. And I think Kokonasiga has has shown that you know he offers something that none of our other back three players in contention offer. Um, and so you yeah, need... About- you need- an extra 50 kg and two foot in height yeah yeah but you know you need that you need that that flexibility to be able to kind of change things up if necessary and you know I know we've only seen him in an England shirt once and it's always a dangerous game to sort of 
Oh, we've seen him a couple of times. But... Have we seen him more than, more than once? Yeah, yeah, we've seen, we've seen him more Twice, than once. Like, it's, uh, yeah. um, but yeah, he's not he's not obviously had a lot of time to to bed in, but he's looked pretty sharp when he's been there. So I think it's a risk worth taking if if in fact it would even be described as a risk. Um, but yeah, I think Ashton, you know, disappointing, but uh, completely understand why he's sticking by his wife. Um, but I think perhaps doesn't make a huge difference to the England 31 going to Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite possibly. Um, but it, it, like you say, the, t- the timing was quite interesting. Um, you, you almost feel like that timing would have uh, w- would have happened before. But like we say, we don't know. We don't know how the landscape changed either personally or rugby-wise for Ashton. So either way, whatever the scenario, the Ashton family, all the best with your with your second child. Absolutely. Okay, we. I'm going to give up saying that we're not going to talk about it because, of course, we're going to talk about it. Israel Folau, Uh The saga continues. So we talked last week about how, awful, you know, how we thought it was a bit of a disgrace that he'd gone through, down the GoFundMe route and all these people were were covering his costs and dis, you know, in spite of the the clearly far more needy um, people on the website, mm. GoFundMe, the the business. Clearly listened to what we had to say, um, and they pulled his funding and, and refunded all of the um, the people that had donated to him. And GoFundMe, by the way, if you're listening or anyone's listening from there, that was awesome. Well done, well done. You stood you stood up for what's right. I respect. Uh, that. Unfortunately, it's had the opposite effect, of course, because um, some Christian support group, ACL, I think it's called, Australian Christian yeah. League or something, um, has picked up where GoFundMe left off and kind of doubled his. Um, his funding so, almost so, so overnight. I have less. Um, this this sounds weird, and and just because I'm saying something doesn't mean I'm right. But we know. I, I, I oh yeah, we know. Um, I I'm less annoyed by this. So yeah, it's the Australian Christian lobby. So I have less anger at this because it is a specific lobby raising money for him, and I think that's fair enough. Where it, I think what annoyed me most was when it was trying to use a public. And I still find it vile that the Australian Christian lobby themselves, I believe, gave a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And it's like, surely there's better things. But, but that's at the least, point, isn't it? At least but, they're doing it for something they but, believe in but, and something they think will might help Christianity. So But do, but I, is that is that the you know, are they doing it because it's something they believe in? Yeah, you know, this is this this is the issue with this whole scenario. You know, it's it's Israel Falau and, and those on his side are trying to twist the the narrative. They're trying to make out that this is you know his freedom of speech and his freedom to to um, you know to to practice his faith is being uh, you know controlled by 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 Australian rugby and and from the, right from the start it's it's been very clear that that's not the case. It's not about his freedom of of religion. He's allowed, he's he's entitled to think what he wants. He's entitled to say what he wants. Um, but there are there are consequences to actions. You know we're not going to go into it uh, as we have done in the past but i think what i yeah i'm like you i, I think you've given a hundred thousand dollars to this guy who's already a multi-millionaire where surely there are you know you want to keep it christian that's fine but surely there are more needy christian people out there who could benefit from that hundred thousand dollars to me this is the what did you call it what was it the australian the australian christian lobby christian lobby this is them trying to get their five minutes of fame. You know, this is them going, 
Israel Folau is a celebrity. He's in the public eye. It's big at the moment. We get in there and do this. Everyone's talking about us and, you know, as we are right now. Um, and we get our five minutes of fame. The irony is that they're trying to spread this message, uh, you know, spread God's word or whatever it is that, that you know, in, in helping him. The irony is, is that this is all this is really doing is it's garnering support from the people who already support these Christian values. And it's and it's kind of almost it's almost making those who who they're trying to reach kind of push further away, I, I feel. Um, so I, what I wonder here, something that's jumped, jumped out to me, in 2014, Israel Folau, along with um, Adam Ashley Cooper, which, which I completely support, posed on the cover of a gay magazine, a prominent gay magazine in Australia called Big Boys and Their Balls, <laughs> trying to promote a, a gay rugby event in Australia called the Bingham Cup. I wonder what the Australian Christian lobby think about that. Hey, guys, like this guy, he's wow. now suddenly become homophobic. And fair enough, people have a right to change their beliefs. But he posed, and, and if he, and posing for that, fine, and people can change their beliefs. Uh, Israel, if you did pose for that and you took money for it, give that fucking money back, you prick. Dan, I need that information. I need to share that with, uh, with our rugby Twitter followers. So, um, so, so this is our, 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 what, our WhatsApp. Dan, Dan yeah. obviously knows because he has a subscription. But yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, damn right, yeah, good. I'm, 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 I'm what, up. What for, was it uh, called? Big men and their balls. Big boys and their balls. It was an Australian. Uh, it's an Australian sort of prominent gay magazine, and him and Adam Ashley Cooper, and and good for them. I, they were trying to they were trying to promote a gay rugby event, and for Lau, well, trying to promote at, inclusion. Yeah, pr- pr- at the time. Is, here's a quote: Israel is a strong advocate for ending all forms of discrimination in sport. I'm going to argue that yeah. point slightly. <laughs> that's very interesting, Dan. Uh, that's the first I've heard of it. Is there a source for this information that you can share? I, you, if you Google it, if you Google it, it will be online. Like just Google that, and you'll see. And there's there's plenty about it. And I first so, heard so you it. came across this because you Googled big boys and their balls. Well, no, I was looking. I was looking through my. I was looking through my magazine, and I saw. I saw oh, one of the copies that. back. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, past issues. But it was. I. I first heard it from. Um, where did I first hear it from? I first heard it from. I, I can't remember. Maybe. Maybe it was a. Maybe I was read it, or maybe it was another podcast or something. But I first heard it from someone. It was. But this. Music, but this isn't recent. something that you've seen that splashed all over the sort of front page of the Sky Sports website or anything like that. It's not something that everyone's going to already know about if I dig up the info and share it. Uh, no, I, I think people will be aware of it, but I don't think it'll be huge. Well, they're yeah, about I mean, to become more aware. That's, uh, that's good. That's absolutely. Good, good uh, research there, Daniel. Um, okay, well, look, let's leave that for now because it's clearly a saga that's going to continue and I'm sure there'll be more updates to follow. But, um, but yeah. Do, 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 you know, do you know how pathetic I was with this whole thing? When I was writing down like some notes for this podcast, I, um, I, I, I wrote down the notes and I wrote for loud and I was like, I think I spelled his name wrong there. And I was like, do you know what? I'm not even going to look up the correct spelling. He doesn't believe it. He's going, I'm like, oh my God, how much of a small, pettier man am I that I'm not even willing to check my spelling mistakes because I think he's a prick. But he's, like, it's not It's not about that. It was, like like you say, good on GoFundMe. Um, and it's interesting because uh, Gareth Thomas did a, um, he's, there's something about, an interview about it and about trying to get rid of homophobia in football and rugby. And and I, I recommend that's well worth listening to. Um, 
and going through it because we've got to a point and we we say that people are welcome to have beliefs and 100% believe it but actually I don't believe if it is your belief that's fair enough but I still don't believe there's space for that in rugby if that's your belief accept that that's not what rugby's about and deal with it or don't play the game don't get involved in the game that's that's my belief yeah it's uh, profound words there well, mate, I'm a bit of a wordsmith, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, that's definitely one way to describe you. Um, let's move along then. Uh, so you you mentioned at the beginning that you had some some news you wanted to share about, I think we were talking about Gud and Cipriani. So I, I have heard, I have heard from a, a source of exclusive? mine. Um, exclusive with regards to the fact that I read it when I was watching Sky Sports News. So, you know, I, I can't imagine anyone else would have seen this. Oh, but... Sky Sports News? I've never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very secretive source I've got here. But it said uh, Sky's, a Sky Sports source has um, shared with us that Danny Cipriani will be involved in the wider squad. Boom. Uh, that's, that's all it said, but Sky Sports aren't going to put that on Sky Sports News, I think, unless they have a reasonably yeah, strong source. Their source is Eddie Jones. Mm. Their, their source will probably be stronger than my sources. Uh, I mean, it makes are... it makes sense with everything that we've seen over the last few weeks, with the fact that we that Cipriani was was you know denied a spot um, playing for the Barbars. Um, it, it makes sense that it's because he's going to be involved in the wider squad. Uh, I guess what you know we'll find out later this week, and, and the big question will become: Is Eddie going to take three fly halves? Uh, if he's only going to take two, does he take Cipriani ahead of Ford? And for the reasons that we mentioned last week, two weeks ago, I think it was. Um, I actually, I've, I've kind of, I, I want Cipriani to go, but I think in the third spot. And if there's only I, two going, I feel like Ford. Offers more to England. Ah, oh, I, I feel I feel, bad. I feel dirty saying it. I, I think Ford's had a great season. I if Ford's on the plane, it's not because he hasn't earned the place. Let's mm. put it that way. Um, I want I want Farrell, Cipriani, and Ford all to go because yeah. I think Farrell and Cipriani, in fairness, can cover other positions. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It gives it gives England more options. Bottom line, you know, but, it, we were debating. I, I, we were debating. You know, we've named we named five uh, back three players. Um, if he took a sixth, would it have been Ashton? Um, you know, we don't know yet what's going to happen with Alex Good. As I said, um, I would like him to be part of that. But if he's not, then you could almost sort of say, "Well, we're taking Cipriani as a third flyer half slash backup fullback." Yeah, do you know what I mean? There's ways of making that work. And again, when we go through. Uh, the squad and we and we make our predictions for the thirty-one. We'll we'll um, we'll look into how that how the various connotations all kind of come together. But um, that is interesting. You know, there's been a lot of call for it. Eddie Jones doesn't strike me as the sort of person, based on what we've seen over the last couple of years, to pander to media outcries. Um, so I think if Cipriani's there, he's there for the right reasons on merit, and it's because Eddie Jones has seen it. Um, and yeah, you can't argue with the awards that he's won. This season. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, so he'll be there on four. It, it, and, and all of them would. And the, the only thing I'm thinking is I'm struggling to figure out who gets left out. Well, if Cipriani if, goes. If you, took, if you took three, if you took three fly offs, I'm and struggling they, to feel. But, but this is this is what we'll this is what we'll go through when we do the, the full mm. thirty one. 
um, and we'll we'll work it out and we'll make some tough decisions. Because you know, that's what we're here for, Dan. That's what that's what England rely on us for. This for making the tough decisions. <laughs> that is that is what they do rely on us for. I couldn't agree more, my man. Um, other news. So Leicester Tigers are up for sale. So this I found quite interesting. So it's not necessarily about the Leicester Tigers being up for sale, but reading the article, one of the reasons that they've now become a more attractive prospect is the investment by CVC is, and I think each club got, I think it was 12, 13 million, means that they're not in debt. So they've become, from a purely from a business point of view, they become a more attractive investment prospect. Whereas before... And as rugby fans, I think so many of us are forever grateful that a lot of these clubs are funded by very well-meaning, very rich men who have a complete love for the sport. Whereas now, it might be viable for sort of outside interest to put money into these clubs because from a business perspective, with CVC behind and looking to expand, it's actually worth their while. Well, yeah, potentially profitable. In which case, yeah, exactly. yeah, I, I, I understand profits are part of business, um, but it's in which case does this does this help the English game? I mean, how how much could this potentially help improve the English game? I mean, obviously this can't have an impact this World Cup, but you, you know, even in four years' time, it could be that quick. Is it going to help because you'll keep your big players? I mean, I think in England you can do that anyway. You might get more stars. Like the Premiership becomes a very good, strong league, which it already is, in my opinion, the best in the world anyway. But could it become better? Is this only good for English rugby? I think there are probably two two scores of thought here because on the one hand, um, you know, it almost looks obvious. Well, of course, you know, if, you, if there's more money in the game, teams can get better, facilities can get better, uh, you know, the size of their grounds and the amount of um, fans they can get in and therefore the amount of money they can generate increases you know and it, and it all it all spirals I think on the flip side the danger and, and where they need to be careful and where and where they kind of need to I guess draw some sort of line is what we don't want is is for it to become like football where teams in the English Premiership start getting inundated with foreign players now the difference is that England is one of the top teams in the world so actually English players you know are among the best players, you know, a, a good chunk of the best players in the world. But you know, from a from a national side point of view, yeah, you don't you don't want every team to only be made up of world class internationals from across the globe, and the kind of the up and coming players and the ones on the fringes, you know, that give national sides that sort of strength in depth, like England have got, kind of start to suffer. Um, so so I think it's great that that it's going to make leaving England less attractive but we don't see that many you know top English players leaving leaving anymore um you know what's the is there a knock on effect to other nations if if they do take in a lot of foreign players you know we're going to see other nations who have these rules in place either changing their rules or accepting the losses of some of their best players because they're moving for the money because you know well, we know the, that the, that's pro, the pro 14 would need to look at it won't they a bit more because um Inevitably, there's going to be a lot of temptation from for Welsh players, for Irish players, for Scottish players as well. Yeah. I mean, not all of them have those rules, but yeah, it does. You're right. Does it knock on effect? 
quite frankly, I don't care on that front. But no, um... I think to, to be honest, I think I think in certainly in the short term, I think positive for England. I think they just need to to monitor things closely and not let it get out of control. I think that's the key. If you if, you know, we don't want it to become like France, where people see playing in France as you know a way of kind of cashing out. Well, I remember and this may show my age a bit. I remember back in the day when the equivalent of the Champions League um, used to have a rule where you could only field four foreign players in your team and you're doing that. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that in rugby, yeah. like especially in Europe, saying your team must predominantly be made up of your home nation's players. And maybe four is too naive, but even if it's like there must be, you know, 10 or nine uh, players from your home nation well, at and the rest. 50% of the team, you know, of the, of the you know, uh, yeah, the match day squad or something, or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think, I think something that, that, that identifies the, the risks involved with making playing in England too appealing to other nations for the sole purpose of, of ensuring that, yeah, it has a positive impact on the national side and, and not a negative one. But, so, uh, but yeah, I think in certainly for the for the time being, I, I think it's only a good thing that you know more money's being invested in what's already a cracking um, but, league and and yeah, because what what a potential and again I, I'm I'm massively going I'm, I may be going on the realms of a bit unlikely here, but even if you see a, a sort of really rich person thinking, do you know what if I invest in a championship club. Yeah, I'm going to have a few years where I'm not going to make money. But if I invest enough and get them premiership worthy and build them up, once they're in the premiership, the money will be there to make it worthwhile my investment without having to pay, I think, less than like 60 million up front. You could probably get. So with any luck, and this is uh, me with, again, very rose-scented glasses here, thinking hopefully people will start investing in championship as well and build that league up and just help build English rugby on a broader spectrum, because in the championship you will get vastly predominantly English players. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the that's the the answer, isn't it? You know, we've talked about ring fencing and, and stuff in the past. Um, the answer is to have a championship that's capable of, you know, becoming Premiership if they you know size if they're good enough. Teams that can that can handle the the change, which is what we're lacking at the moment. So, yeah, certainly investment in the lower leagues is key. Let's hope that um, that yeah, there's a knock-on effect down the leagues, and and that definitely then I think becomes positive for um, yeah. Maybe they need to do some sort of like sister thing. You know, you, you every Premiership club has a, a sort of sister club in each each of the leagues. So well, it's like Gloucester and Hartbury, isn't it? Hartbury looked yeah. like they were going to be relegated, and then towards the end of the season, suddenly the uh, Gloucester players, the Gloucester sort of first team players who weren't being used, were suddenly bulked up Hartbury and they got a few good wins and so yeah if, if there could be more of that that I, I think that's positive I think that's strong and I'm not having to go Hartbury for that good for you there you go well that almost brings us to the end of today's episode I think unless there was anything else that you particularly but wanted the, to cover the only other thing I saw which which makes sense is Graham Henry saying that um he believes Wales are one of the teams to beat at the 2019 tournament. And it's interesting you say that because I was going to end with a, a similar comment. Only mine was going to be, I thought I'd give you a quick laugh. <laughs> well, well, it could be. The problem is, if you look at the facts, it's not a ridiculous comment. But what are the facts? You, you, when you say that you look at the facts, you're looking at their at their results. Yeah. 
So the factor. Yeah, but I'm not sure that I buy that into that that much. You know, we, we've we've discussed this many times. Um, if our glasses are rose tinted, they're they're the opposite of, uh, I don't know, red tinted, green tinted, whatever the equipment, dragon tinted, whatever the equipment would be. Um, so yeah, there's, there, there is that. Um, but uh, I, I'm not I'm not convinced. But you know, uh, I do like what he was saying when he, he mentions obviously that this is going to be one of the closest World Cups in in a long time. Uh, there's a lot of teams in good form, um, yeah. and it should be an absolutely epic tournament. And uh, yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. But sorry, chaps, you know the, the result is the result is uh, already written, my friends. Yeah, but, we yeah, know exactly. We know what's going to well, happen. Well, I, mean, I mean, we know how it's going to go, and yeah, you've got a lot of teams. You've got Kiwis, you've got Saffers. England, Ireland, Wales. I mean, Australia typically you'd say a threat, but since Israel Folau is going to break them and they're going to have to be flying on like budget airways and all be knackered and screwed by the time they get there. Yeah, they're actually walking, it's going to be very they're, they're hard. on their way now. Yeah, 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 exactly. They'll be on a boat there taking three months and they'll have to share kit and stuff because Israel Folau is single-handedly taking down Australian rugby. I, I stick by that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Good. He's but, taking me to court as well. Awesome. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinions, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just yeah. as he is. But there are consequences <laughs> exactly. for your actions, and I may, I may have to terminate your contract. <laughs> Set up a GoFundMe like. page and get 17p, <laughs> 15p <laughs> of it from myself. That's about what it's going to cost. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Dan, we are digressing. Um, I think, yeah, good time to say. Uh, to call call time on today's episode, guys. Thanks again for tuning in hearing what we have to say. As always, uh, if you've got comments on today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes or questions for us, you can reach us on social media at England Rugby Pod, um, or you can email us englandrugbypod at gmail.com. Um, and if you get the opportunity, please head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and, uh, and drop us a rating and a review. Let us know what you think, because it's how we know whether things are heading in the right direction. But um, you know, big couple of months ahead. Uh, and looking forward to uh, to taking this journey with all of you guys. So thanks again. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, Sam, Tommy and Wade, thanks very much for your reviews. Please keep them coming and we'll uh, be back to you soon, guys. <laughs>